A win is a win, and two points are two points. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked on Flames. As always, I am your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The Flames just wrapped up their game against the Buffalo Sabres and are jetting off to Columbus. But first, we have to talk about the hideous win that was tonight because while it was a win, there were plenty of mistakes that could have had this go in the other direction. And before we dive into all that, please make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. Uh, you know, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Audible, uh, Amazon, and like I said, YouTube. It's a great time, and we're here for you every day. I had an okay feeling heading into this game, okay? I wasn't overly confident. I knew that Buffalo was coming off of a big overtime win uh, from the other night. So it was kind of, you know, the good moment momentum starts to build. But I was a little bit intrigued when I saw that Dan Vladar was starting, mainly because, you know, give Jacob Markstrom a night off, right? Like he has started the first three games of the season, uh, the road trip. It's not Vladar was going to have to start at some point. And tonight, why not? It's the first half of a back-to-back. And I I liked what we saw, I would say. You know, I think that tonight he allowed, you know, he did allow three goals. But at the end of the day, he did have some decent saves. And he's just got to get a little quicker with his body. And we will talk about him later in this show. Let's talk about the good before we dive into that though. Jonathan Huberto scored <laughs> 49 seconds into this. And I, that's kind of when I knew things were going to, it was going to be a funky game. And then, you know, Levi just lost the puck entirely. He did not see it. He could not read anything that was happening. And that's fine. But then, <laughs> Eric Johnson scored his first goal as a Sabre right over Vladar's shoulder. So immediately, you know, this game's going tit for tat. And that is pretty much how it went all game. Walker Dewar had the second goal of the night. And then, you know, that that fourth line, again, we're going to talk, talk about a little bit later. But this fourth line, uh, AJ Greer, Rizichka, and Dewar have been delightful. They have been so fun to watch and not just fun to watch, but productive. But as the game went on, more and more penalties started to happen. The Flames going into tonight had a 100% uh, penalty kill accuracy. They killed 100% of the penalties. (laughs) And Buffalo had no power play goals. Well, tonight they had one. 
So both teams, you know, they each get a, a tally, I guess, um, in on special teams. But wow, the it just they just did not look good. It, just to end the first period, I was a little concerned. I was I could tell that they were starting to take the foot off, their foot off the gas a little bit, right? They're like, okay, the Sabres just tied it up. Um, what? What are we gonna do? It's the end of the period. We're not really we're not shooting, so you know we're in the we're playing defense, and they didn't have any real opportunity or uh, chances to get back into things before the end of the period. That second period started, and I thought that they put a different team out on the ice. I really did. I. At first, I thought it was maybe just me being over, you know, critical, especially because people have been talking about Huberto, and there were moments where I was like, you're making $10.5 million and looking like that out there? But it wasn't just him. It was Elias Lindholm, too, uh, Rasmus Anderson. Like, the whole probably first two and a half minutes of the second period was just ugly. It was horrendous. The penalties kept piling up. Neither team wanted to play five-on-five hockey. I didn't know if we were ever going to see five-on-five hockey again, but I, the only reason the Flames kind of kept their head above water and the game tied was because of Michael Backlund. He was the best player on the ice for probably through 30 minutes of the game. And it, you could tell. I he his two-way game is something that we've always talked about and appreciated here. And he is one of the strongest penalty killers I've I think I've ever watched. And tonight really exemplified that. And for the flames to go four for five on the PK, I'll take it. Especially because those penalties were just so childish. And again, we're gonna talk about that uh coming up in a little bit here, but they could not hold a lead. Nazem Kadri could not buy a clean shot off of his stick. There were moments where I was like, is he, well, I would be so frustrated. And they, there were just not any good opportunities for him. And I, I'm sure he's frustrated and I'm sure that it's, you know, starting to build. And that first goal of the season is going to be super, super sweet. However, Blake Coleman he scored, and it was early in the third where I was like, oh, okay, you know, like, this This is good. This is good. We're hanging on here. We're, com- we're coming out guns a-blazing. We're, we're starting strong. Pedal to the metal. Picked ourselves back up after the second period. And then Buffalo scored. <laughs> like, I think, like, 30 seconds after. So now we're back tied 3-3, three to three, okay? I blinked in the fourth line. AJ Greer... Igor Sharangovich and Adam Rzichka, all they worked together, and Rzichka had a goal, four points in four games for uh, Rzichka, which is fantastic. Greer and uh, Igor have their first points as Flames, and then something funny happened. Elias Lindholm just kind of like shot the puck. wasn't a hard slap shot or anything, but Levi lost it. He couldn't find it, which is very funny if you think about it, because. Lyslin Holmes' son's name is Levi. Anyways, the puck crossed the line. But because they are recording on Civil War cameras, cameras from like ancient Egypt, you couldn't see anything. 
there was no conclusive angle and the call was, you know, it stood. It wasn't a goal. Do you think it was a goal? I'm just saying, I think it was a goal. I wasn't sure at first, but they were showing the different angles. And I was like, the refs have the opportunity to do the funniest thing. And they didn't. But the end of the day, a win is a win. It was ugly, brutal. If this is how they're playing on the first half of a back-to-back, I can only imagine how it's going to be on the second half. And we will have all of your Columbus Blue Jackets coverage tomorrow. But we are going to take a quick break here uh, before we move on and talk about the snowballing mistakes because, wow, we, the Flames certainly do love to give us a good uh, heart attack, huh? But before we do that, we are going to take a quick break here, and I'm going to talk to you about FanDuel. If y'all have listened to this show for any point in time, especially last year during the playoffs, I was using FanDuel all the time to place my playoff bets. But right now, it is time to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. I think now is the perfect time for you to get on the FanDuel bandwagon. And the app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Well, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me on today's, uh, tonight's, I guess, kind of late night edition of Locked on Flames. Uh, Flames are on the East Coast, so I can record after a game, and it's nice to just immediately talk about the game and give you that nice, fun, immediate reaction. So stick around, obviously. Nick and I will be doing your coverage the rest of the season, and we're just starting. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. I had a lot of feelings about tonight's game. Mainly bad ones? Um, That's not true. I I don't think that they were bad feelings. I think that the product on the ice led to the ick. If you use Twitter, I'm sure you know what the ick is. And the flames were giving me the ick. And every time they take an undisciplined penalty, or they're just, you know, what Mangiapane did to Darlene, like, there was no need for that after after the whistle. I get it. Like, normal, like, things happen. You get called for a holding and hooking. You shouldn't do it. But if, especially when the game is close like that, absolutely not. But I get it's the heat of the moment. You're frustrated. You want to win. You are not going to win by taking the four-minute penalty, which ended up only being two because crossed out, whatever, canceled each other out, but was very mm, perturbed. They took five penalties tonight, okay? They only allowed one power play goal. I will give them that. Congratulations. But you shouldn't have been on the power play five times. They have this habit of letting things snowball. You know, they make one mistake and then it's just kind of like, oh, I'm going to, like, they tighten up and they're super tense and then they're more susceptible to making mistakes, which is I, which is exactly what I think happened tonight. 
the penalties started coming, the emotion started revving up, and everyone was just kind of on edge. And that's not an excuse to be doing ice crimes. You need to be focused on what's in front of you. You cannot allow a a penalty from the first period be impacting your mood and your, you know, uh, performance in the third period. There, there's this great philosopher that once said, shake it off. And I just think that's what the Flames need to do. They need to get on their team bus to get to the airport and just blast, shake it off. And just get get the little, get the jitters out. Because what was that? When things start to spiral and snowball, you just have, it has to be water off a duck's back. You cannot let it bother you. Otherwise, you are going to continue to make those mistakes. Like Manji, Pani, and Dubé tonight. So, I don't know, I don't think immature is the right word, but just so undisciplined and unnecessary. You don't need to be cross-checking people. You don't need to be going after people um, after the whistle. This isn't the playoffs. Relax. You're four games into the season and you're showing that you have no control over your game and that the team's kind of I hate when people say mental midget because I feel like that that's used when players like actually get riled up and are provoked, but mental midget, quote unquote, and you're soft. The flames don't have a fighter. The flames don't fight. You're soft. Their words, not mine, but it is very frustrating. Like if a team knows that you're coming to town and you, they're going to poke you and force you into those mistakes. It's like when you're like younger and you're playing with your sibling and I'm not touching you. It, it ends up being like that. And someone usually gets bonked over the head with the TV remote. But I really hope that there is a long talk uh, tonight on the plane. I mean, I'm going to assume they're all going to sleep on the plane. But at some point, whether it be tonight or before the game tomorrow, last, well, tonight cannot happen again tomorrow. Five penalties, you guys. Five. That's too many. And then to continue to ice the puck when you are on the power play with eight seconds left? What are you doing? I was watching a very different team tonight. Like, this team went through a wild range of evolution and people on the ice they were these were actors they put the understudies in at some point and hoped that nobody noticed it was a body double but the flames just have to come out stronger tomorrow and here on out for the rest of the season i am looking at the schedule right now to see okay so they play two more on the road they are in columbus tomorrow and then they're in detroit oh good good place for rasmus anderson to be on Sunday. So hopefully no one is going to be riding any scooters. No more. Coming up next, we are going to talk about the three stars of the game because, well, I guess it's actually more than three stars because technically four, but I do want to take a quick break to talk to you all about Jace Medical. 
Jace Medical is one of the essentials that you may need in an emergency. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics to treat the most common bacterial infections. Um, you know, you never know when you're going to get a sinus infection. You could be snowed in if you have an ear infection. And uh, you can actually buy a gift card for family or your loved ones now um, on jacemedical.com. You can go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKED ON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKED ON at jasemedical.com. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out tonight or today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you're into live tweeting and and tweeting, I tweet a lot of pictures of my cat. He's really cute. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Balmasso. Always open for discussions. I think that it's important to keep dialogue flowing because I, I'm always talking to my camera. <laughs> Nick's here three times a week, but other times it's just me. I like talking with y'all online. So, three stars. Where are we? We are going to start with the fourth line. The Flames' fourth line consisted of Adam Rzichka, AJ Greer, who they claimed off of waivers from Boston last week, and uh, Igor Sharon Govich, who they claimed or who they traded, who they got in return for the Tyler Toffoli trade. They looked like the best line out there for most of the night. I felt like every time I would look up, if I happened to be on my phone or taking notes, I'd look up and the fourth line was doing something and they didn't look like dead weight. If you watched any Flames game last year and you saw the fourth line on the ice, you would say, well, someone's got to eat those 11 minutes a night. I looked forward to each shift that they were out there. And one thing I did want to note is that the Flames had a goal from each line tonight. The offense is getting going. So having the fourth line in on things is fantastic. I liked that, uh, you know, Rizichka was able to get on the scoreboard. I think that Igor Sharangovich should be back on the power play or at least try to. He has a strong shot and they're talking about how they need someone that has a strong shot. Like, just do it. What are we? Come on. Like, we can get there. We can do this. Like, I will hold your hand and help you make these decisions. We all will. But I liked what we saw. AJ Greer is fitting in really well here. Um, he didn't get a ton of playing time in Boston, which stunk. There, there's a little bit of a log jam going on in their really forwards and defense. Uh, so having the opportunity here to really hone in on those skills and refine them and be playing with players that are, are productive, <laughs> you know, when a lot of these guys come in to play on the fourth line you're playing with the 35-year-old veterans that are on the league minimum or the veteran minimum for the sake of being here. That's not how it is this year. And it actually feels very nice to watch a line <laughs> that 
is, you know, they're not going to be eating up a ton of minutes, but you can throw them out there and you know that they're not necessarily a liability and you're going to get strong hockey out of them. I am curious to see if these lines stay the same for uh, Columbus. I'm not against line shuffling, but I don't think it's the fourth line that really needs to be shuffled. I don't even think they need to be shuffled going into tomorrow. I, I might maybe switch up special teams. That's it. Backland looked fantastic tonight as well. He gets some, some stick taps because he, he was out there killing penalties. Um, kind of bummed that he whiffed on two shorthanded breakaways. That was not good. That that was kind of like a, like, just let all the air out of the tires. It's like a punch, not a punch to the gut. That feels so dramatic. But just like a, a deep sigh, disappointment. And, I mean, he still did a great job killing penalties <laughs> and other efforts. So I'm not going to dog on him for, you know, knock his entire performance just because of that. But uh, Dennis Gilbert also had a point tonight, hometown boy from Buffalo. So it's really great to see that. And um, he's not one of the stars of the game. Just a nice congratulations to him. He was there, did his job. I do want to talk about Dan Vladar. Talks have allegedly, supposedly, through the grapevine, uh, ramped up. I talked about it on yesterday's show, but I was curious to see if anyone would talk about uh, potential scouts at the game. I know that closer to the trade deadline, a lot of like the beat reporters will tweet out, oh, scouts for this team, this team, and this team are at this game. Or, oh, this GM traveled to the game. So I didn't hear any of that tonight, which, I mean, that doesn't mean that they weren't there. But... The Flames do need to shop Vladar. We've been over this probably a dozen times <laughs> since June, and it's nothing against him. It is really to benefit him so he can go get more playing time elsewhere. And tonight was a decent performance for him. I'm sorry. He let in three goals, but two of them truly, like, he was not moving past him. It was, it, it was his fault. They were just, they were bad goals. But the one other ones that he did stop in high pressure moments where the game could have been tied or it could have been the go ahead goal. He looked great and he saved 24 out of 27 shots. And uh, I mean, seven, out of eight of those came on the power play and then 17 came on uh, at even strength. So save percentage tonight was an eight, eight, nine, his season uh, last year total was an eight, nine, three, I believe. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, he's a horrible goaltender after <laughs> one start. Like I think that he did well and I'm, very happy for him because he was going to have to get a start at some point. Tonight was a good night for him. 
to get out there and get his his juices flowing like the Tin Man. You got to oil him up and get him ready to go out and be successful. I, what did the Tin Man want? A heart? Well, Dan Vladar just wants a start. So I, I really do appreciate the effort that a majority of this team put in tonight. I'm hoping that tomorrow we see half as many penalties or uh, maybe we kill all the penalties. I'm not going to sit here and beat the team up for allowing one penalty or one power play goal. That happens, okay? You're not going to carry a 100% penalty kill throughout the entire season. Like, that's just not realistic. However, if it's on those ridiculous, undisciplined penalties, then we're going to talk and revisit this. But I do want to wrap up today's show um, with a little, you know, positivity. Hope that you are all doing well. Uh, you know, winter's coming. It's kind of a not so great time for a lot of people. So uh, just a reminder that, you know, my DMs are open. And if you want to talk hockey or any other niche interested interests that you may have, I'm here. I love learning about new things. And if you enjoy Flames hockey, well, then why aren't you subscribed to this podcast? Make sure you are subscribed because you can hear us every day. And um, you can get the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow about the Columbus Blue Jackets. And apparently, Daryl Sutter was mad at the Flames for having dinner with Johnny Gaudreau last season.